Oh, hello. Long time no speak. EdTech Voice Notes, the podcast of the EdTech Summit. Whenever I think about EdTech, it has to fit in with the school development plan and purposefully in terms of teaching and learning. Otherwise, forget it. It's worth making sure that you put a strategy in place that works for every school at a level that maybe by themselves they couldn't afford. We've now got millions and millions of children's records sitting with commercial companies. Do you know exactly how they get used? Technology has a role to play in tackling social mobility where it supports great teaching. If we're not able to upskill, retrain and reskill our people in the face of automation, then we do seriously have a problem. Welcome to the first episode of the second season of EdTech Voice Notes. After a successful EdTech Summit last year that brought virtually together attendees from the wider education sector, we thought we'd resume our podcast looking back at past episodes to reflect on what was the main focus of the show. How can we bridge the gap between education and technology? We will revisit the answers provided by our guests, drawing a broad picture of how they would tackle the issue. Let's start with uh, Vicky Liogier, National Head of EdTech and Digital Skills at ETF, the Education and Training Foundation. Vicky focuses her answer on the importance of the involvement of all key stakeholders, the upskilling of staff, and a reflection on how we should train any learner. I suppose to make a digital transformation happen, it's really important to have a complete alignment from the board meaning the governing bodies through the executive team and through the whole organization. It is about integrating systems and processes so that they talk to one another and they are streamlined, as well as empowering staff by investing in their digital capability development and also investing in the digital capability development of the learners. Leading in the digital age is really about understanding how to take advantage of the opportunities brought by digital innovation. And uh, it's also managing the consequences of digital, meaning cyber securities and prevent and, and safeguarding and all those things. We are training students to become career surfers who will ride the digital wave and embrace the digital disruption with multitudes of jobs and a portfolio of careers. Because it's no longer one job for life, we will change careers and jobs constantly. We don't know what the future looks like. So the one thing I would encourage any education institution to do is to build on a culture of growth mindset and lifelong learning while making sure that the processes within the organization support the delivery of the ethos. Up next is Mark Bramwell, CIO of Said Business School at Oxford University. Mark answers the question having at heart the end user perspective, the students. I think as we shared earlier, for me, it isn't about being prescriptive. It's about understanding what the needs, the requirements, the objectives of your customer base, of your students are. Learning and teaching is an incredibly personal experience. Different learners and different teachers have different preferences, styles, pedagogies. They like to consume their content and learn at different times through different channels, using different media. They like to 
access different types of content and discuss this either in groups or personally one-to-one, whether in real time or reflective. So for me, it's all about choice and it's all about providing a portfolio of intuitive, available, supportable and secure technology solutions that best support and enable that. By doing that, I think you'll find you'll intuitively and organically start to bridge that gap uh, between education and technology. It shouldn't be forced. It should be something that is organic, that just happens. And I think you'll find that the best institutions, the best educational providers will do that. Uh, And you'll find that they will be the most successful and they'll be providing the best student experience. Amy Ollier, head of blended learning at Worcestershire College, puts staff first. Considering the stress that change can potentially put on any organization, she recommends all stakeholders feel involved throughout a digital transformation process, empowering staff with appropriate training and ask some of them to actively work as ambassadors of change. Um, As much as I'd like to say the gap is reducing between education and technology, I know there's still lots of work to be done, as I said. I firmly believe that any successful strategy is based around people. People should come first and the technology should definitely come second. And if we're clear on our vision, what we want to achieve, and most importantly, why we want to achieve it, then you can all progress together from there. I always say, as I've already done um, today, keep it simple. Don't overwhelm people and have a phased approach. Remember that change can be quite daunting for some. So, you know, try not to overwhelm where possible. And then people will buy into your strategy more if they know that it's all manageable. I I certainly find that a just-in-time strategy for training is most effective, especially with digital training whereby you provide training on certain aspects when people are most likely to need it so that they can then apply the training straight away and it will stick in their minds and then you can build on it from there. So the the just-in-time strategy is definitely one that I would, would seriously recommend. The other thing I would say is don't be swayed by the most shiny new piece of tech. Really make sure that you have a purpose for introducing it and that it can be used by, you know, most people in your institution, because we can all, again, get swayed by that kind of the bells and whistles of a piece of tech, and it just sits dormant with people not using it, which is such a waste of money. But then once you, if you do introduce something new, then find the early adopters in the institution and really utilise their enthusiasm to help you really embed it further across the institution. Technology should be at the core of any strategy and not an optional component of everyday learning and teaching. This is the advice of Stephen Hope, Head of Independent Learning at Leeds City College. Um, I, I think the key is that it is a, a strand of teaching and learning and a, and a focus on learning that technology is not a, an add-on. It's, it's teaching, not teching. And I think that has to be the focus that education technology, is, if it is seen as an add-on or an option, that actually people will have an option to to decide whether they're going to use it or not. So I think that whole joined up approach of a learning strategy that has technology embedded within it is is the focus and has to be um, and will bridge the gap then, as well as a a, a real focus on development and support and making sure that we can empower our staff to empower our students with the use of technology, um, both in and outside of the classroom. One positive thing about last year is how the education community came together 
to support each other and share how to best use technology. There are organizations that have studied best practice in education technology for decades, and an example is ALT, the Association for Learning Technology. Here's Marin Deepwell, CEO of ALT. I feel as a membership organization, we've been thinking about how to bridge the gap between education and technology um, for, you know, 10, 20, nearly 30 years. And I feel that the, the answer to it is really collaborative professional practice. So much in learning technology is reinventing the wheel when someone discovers a new technology and uses it for the first time and maybe has a bad experience or maybe doesn't feel confident. There's lots of barriers to adoption of innovative tools. And I feel sharing best practice across sectors between institutions and really sharing our know-how, our experiences with learners and different academic colleagues is the key to the most cost-effective and the most efficient implementation, but also enables us to address some of the bigger questions I mentioned earlier in our conversation around making the relationship between technology and education more equitable, more inclusive, and more fair and ethical for all involved. In our last episode of season one, the one with Mark Simpson, Vice-Chancellor, and Jonathan Eaton, Academic Register, both at Teesside University, they address the question in three points. Understanding and engagement across the education sector, strengthen the relationship with technology partners, evaluate what works. Here's Jonathan. I think there are three things that we need to do to effectively bridge that gap between education and technology. Firstly, we need to bridge the gap within the education sector and what I mean by that is understanding the range of innovative practices that have grown exponentially over the last couple of years within every aspect of the educational sector, from nursery to primary school to secondary school to colleges and universities. And sometimes I worry that we don't fully understand what that looks like across the educational experience and that potentially over the years to come, students might have a quite uneven trajectory in how technology is used to enhance their learning as they progress through the educational system up to universities and beyond into the workplace. And I think there's scope nationally for far better understanding and engagement across the sector to share the practice of teaching staff and understand what works in granular detail and also make sure we smooth that trajectory for students so that their expectations are met as they progress on their educational journey. The second element is to strengthen working with technology partners, but in particular to focus on what technology allows us to do that we couldn't otherwise do in our educational practice, whether that's online or in the physical classroom itself. And I think there's a real opportunity here at a national level to catalyze some of this thinking and innovation and really position as the UK as an EdTech leader globally for how we build those strong relationships between educational practitioners in schools, colleges and universities and technology experts in industry and how we do so in a way which delivers an outstanding student experience at every level of the educational sector. 
And that, of course, is predicated on the third thing we need to do, which is to in understand in a rigorous and robust way what works on the ground to build a framework of evaluation which allows us to understand that value that it adds to the student experience and how that impact is realised in terms of retention and achievement and the outcomes of students as they progress beyond education into the workplace as well. I'm really excited to see how this theme develops over the years to come. If you'd like to hear more from our guests, please do go back and listen to the episodes we released. They're available wherever you found this one. We have great things coming up, the biggest of which is a new virtual event taking place on the 28th and 29th of April 2021. It's called EdTech Update, and it will be an opportunity for the community to come together once again and discuss what has been happening in the EdTech sector in recent months. We want to celebrate the achievements and efforts of educators and professionals and reflect on what is here to stay among the innovations experienced in the past year. If you want to join us for the two-day event, just go to edtechsummit.co.uk and register for free. This is it from me today, but we'll be back soon with new episodes and more updates. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>